Alright, alright, welcome back to An Evening with Nate. It's been a long time. I've been putting off the podcast for a while now with everything going on. And even after the whole self-quarantine thing, I found myself rather uninspired. In a bit of a creative lull, I haven't been able to write songs as well. Uh, Simply, no ideas are coming up, so I thought I'd sort of um, reinvigorate myself, reflect upon myself. I try to input, you know, I try to listen to a lot of stuff, uh, watch a lot of the movies that are in my watch list, uh, and sort of recalibrate myself, uh, try to find this, this new balance with things. And finally... Like for this past week, I've been having an idea on what to do next in the podcast because within the underlying theme of stories and and with all our discussions, uh, mainly I've been focusing upon the th- the things that I love and the things that I consume on a on mostly daily basis. And I've been digging on how to further um, explain how to further shed light on the experience and how to enrich your your consuming experiences and take it to the next level just to have that fuller enjoyment of the things that you already sort of naturally enjoy things that mu- things like music movies poetry art things like that are almost like naturally um interesting to people and people are drawn to these forms of expressions almost naturally i think because uh, it's it's part of what makes human but with with a lot of people creating content and our time being more and more limited and diminished and shared with a lot of our daily routines then we are more and more selective of what we do or on the flip side, we decide to multitask and we don't really pay attention to the things that that really could could do a lot of things for us, could bring a lot of you know joy and enjoyment to us. So for this seventh episode, I'm I'm making an episode about forming your opinion, and basically this is how I personally began to change from someone who mindlessly, you know, simply enjoys the things that I watch, and nothing is wrong with that, to to starting to build a deeper sense of understanding and appreciation for the things that I've enjoyed for years. Basically, if, if you do this right, then um, it might shed some insight, shed some light, and then open up new things about things that you have already loved for a long time. You will learn more things about the media that you consume, and you will also learn more things about yourself. Now, be that as it may, music, movies, and all those expressions and forms of art, they can never be wholly and objectively judged. It's impossible to objectively judge these things, even though there are objective parameters uh, within uh, these forms of expression that can be judged and critiqued. Um, For example, if a movie is to be entirely shot with a, I don't know, with like a flip phone camera from the 2000s, and, and it doesn't have any 
particular aesthetic purposes, then perhaps you can say that that's a lapse, that's a mistake on the production department. If um, if a music music artist um, with the facilities of, of like a superstar were to unironically release an album with poor levels of production, then that's a fair criticism and an objective factor of music that can be critiqued. Another form is if you acknowledge yourself as a classical musician playing a classical piece and getting the notes wrong, then you can objectively um, critique that performance. But most of the other times, um, music as it is, is impossible to be objectively judged. I think no one, even critics, are qualified to fully objectively judge music. And that should a person be given that privilege, then it should be this hypothetically perfect person who's listened to all music of like all time and be able to objectively um, provide criti- uh, critiques and, and insights based on that. And we, and we do know that there's no one like that. Um, with that being said, it's also important to know that forming your opinion isn't just something that critiques do, that critics do, sorry, that critics do. It's not something that that only people of this, you know, higher intellectual plane do. The average Joe can and should do it. Because isn't it better to have an idea or an insight as to why you prefer some things over others? Even children, if you were to sort of attract a conversation with them, um, are willing to, at the very least, have a discourse, a discussion on this, on why you prefer some things over others, and why do you like something. Because uh, imagine being a full-grown adult in, 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 a, in a world such as this, and going back to, I don't know, I just like it. I don't know, I just like it. There's nothing wrong with that, but it would be nice to know yourself better as well as a person to know why you tend to prefer some things over others, why you tend to love some things over others. So I'm not suggesting, you know, developing a checklist, a tool set for objectively scoring, grading all pieces of consumable media. Rather, this is more of a mindset training on and a, and a lesson on self-awareness in identifying why and how you love or dislike certain things. Hopefully, this will also hopefully guide you and inspire you to go beyond your comfort zone in regards to the content that you consume. In, in music, this means bridging and going over, crossing over to other genres. In movies as well, perhaps try out some of those directors that you uh, never tried out before. And basically, once you sort of get the gist, get the get the way of forming your own opinions, of trying to um, explore explore the things that you consume, you'll have you'll be much more ready to consume things that are different from what you're used to, because at the very least, you'll have an open mind to sort of self-reflect and and see whether you like it or not. 
and also later on the mindset to look into the things that you are interested in. So the suggestions that I'm about to give will work for most forms of publicly like consumed media or art, but acknowledging my own limitedness and uh, my limited experience, this will probably work best for the context that I have experiences with, such as movies, books, and music. I do have a deep appreciation and love for other forms of art, but I would say that I am not as qualified or as experienced to, for example, comment on sculptures or canvas paintings or uh, other forms of, of media, like, for example, poetry. Now, if you can hear the rain effect, the, the raining um, behind, I apologize. It's raining pretty heavily right now. And uh, if this bleeds over into the, the recording, I apologize in advance. Okay, having said a disclaimer about this working mostly on the things that I enjoy the most, which are movies, books, and music, let's get on to the first step. And this is the first step that people often forget. Once you acknowledge that your judgment, and actually every judgment in music and uh, in, in art would be uh, subjective, with, with the exceptions before, then it's time for you to start with yourself. Acknowledge, acknowledge your biases and acknowledge your background. Self-reflect and look that up until this point, what are you exposed with? What did you choose to expose yourself with? And what did other people choose to expose yourself with? How did you grow up? What did you listen to growing up? What did you watch growing up? How do your parents... Um, what are your parents' stance on, on, on certain forms of media? Are they against explicit content of certain things? Are they strictly against certain genres? Um, an attention to genre is very important because... Um, if you grow up listening to very specific forms of genres, it will be difficult for you to cross over. Sort of like how a lot of more conservative parents are against their children listening to rock, metal, and hip-hop growing up to the point where you're perhaps not exposed to it and thus you are more likely to listen to, say, classical music or um, popular music and pop you know, pop in all its uh, derivative forms. And again, I'm trying to stress that there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that starting out and acknowledging your biases and your background, it will help you a lot when you try to explore stuff of other genres because um, you will be able to reassess yourself and reassess your reactions. Namely, am I... Is this feeling that I'm feeling, is the discomfort based on the lack of quality on the content that I'm creating? Or is it sort of this awkward unfamiliarity due to not being exposed to this type of content earlier? If, if someone who is raised in classical music is exposed to, let's say, hip-hop, then that person would probably take a bit of, a, of an adjustment time. If someone is used to seeing um, Hollywood blockbusters, then perhaps that person would need to settle down first and sort of adjust themselves through, I don't know, a, a Richard Linklater movie with a majority of the, um, the action being nothing but conversation. So in a way, 
this is also um, this is also an invitation to avoid um, trapping yourself within a certain genre, trapping yourself within a certain archetype of consumed media. So acknowledge your biases and acknowledge your background. If you've managed to do that and you still find yourself disliking something, then don't force yourself. It just means that you dislike that thing. Uh, the second step is reflect back on the content that you've liked and your dislike and you have disliked. Very similar with the first point, but I'm asking you to reflect back in particular to the work itself and not to the I don't know genre or types. Reflect back on those specific titles that you've liked and you've disliked because it, it correlates with the third step of that you can identify the things within that make you dislike or like something. And um, really the, um, the main purpose of it is that other than to refresh that library in your head it's to sort of recall, recall the emotions that stir within you, recall both the objective and subjective um, things that you can take away, that you have taken away from them. Um, and it's possible for you to like something that is critically, you know, unappreciated. It is also possible for you to dislike something critically acclaimed. It's fine, we're not there yet. Um, we're not there yet at the discussion. So just basically identify the things that you like and dislike. And finally, I'm fourth, sorry, fourth, use those as a guideline to help you. But not as a stiff scoring criteria. It's not a checklist. Basically, if if for example, I'm going to I'm going to select a record. For example, if Radiohead's uh, OK Computer was an album that I love and I have a positive um, sort of appreciation for what are the things in it that I do like I do like the lyricism of it I do like their ability to build moods I like the songwriting I like the the, the approaches and, and the random the randomness of it at times I loved uh, Thom York's vocal delivery and when you are able to identify those things and you listen to another album don't use those things as checklists. On the other hand, simply use them as categories or like factors to help you further appreciate the album. So don't use the the factors that you'd like in Radiohead's OK Computer and then move it on to, uh, for example, the strokes, is this it, and, and use those same parameters. But uh, on the other hand, Take the the spirit involved. Take the the idea involved of of finding out what is what are the things that you appreciate. Um, because on a very different album, you can tend to appreciate the same things. You can appreciate the vocal delivery. You can appreciate the production choices. You can um, appreciate the aesthetic approach without imposing um, an objective standard on what the aesthetic approach should be on what the songwriting should be like uh, this also goes for for albums that uh, one has a tendency of disliking 
Uh, for example, despite positive reviews from people, I couldn't get into uh, Charlie XCX's um, 2019 album, and I'm fine with that because, to me, um, the composition and the choices being made were of several tropes that I found myself disliking early on, and I'm fine with that. So. Use those things as a use the things that you like and dislike as a guideline to help you and not as like a stiff scoring criteria. It's also fine to use your dislikes as a, as a reason to delay listening to certain things, because there is an unlimited amount of work out there, and uh, a lot of good works coming out, a lot of bad works coming out. And if you acknowledge your biases, if you acknowledge that you are, for example less impressed by rap music or less impressed by metal music due to your upbringing, then it's okay. Perhaps it, it will help you to delay listening to those uh, genres of music and in your limited time as an individual day by day, listen to critical, critically acclaimed works or listen to more interesting projects that coincide more with the genres you're comfortable with because music at its essence should be a positive experience. This also, um, this whole guideline and scoring criteria thing coincides with my fifth point that it's alright to watch or listen to reviews. It is alright to watch or listen to reviews. I myself, I love watching people review content that I also love or content that I also dislike. It's alright and it's fine because um, you know, it's these are also people who are able to articulate their points, people just like you and me, who consume the same piece of media that we consume. It's just that this person probably has a, has a larger experience or breakdown articulating their, their personal opinions to a point where it seems like it's almost this objective, legitimate review. But the most people would acknowledge that you know their their judgment of music is of is of course based on their experience and background and their their feelings in listening to this content, and reviews um, are great ways for you to sort of build your listening list and prioritize what you want to listen to first in relations of course to acknowledging your your background and and the genres that you're more comfortable with when you build. A list. It's nice to have some some other people's opinions and recommendations sort of guide you and and help you build your your to listen to list or to watch list. Because as much as you want to form a completely fiercely independent review of stuff, you need to sort of gain recommendations first. So if you're afraid or if, if you're uncomfortable with the fact that reviews would cloud your judgment and be detrimental to your abilities in forming your own opinions, I would say use the thumbnails, use the use the use the title of the reviews, basically use the media that provides reviews, but don't actually listen or read to the review just quite yet. Collect as many titles as you can, and upon watching them and forming your op your own opinion, then you can watch these reviews and sort of have a 
have a discourse, sort of a personalized discussion with the ideas being stated in said reviews, sort of to perhaps remind you of certain aspects of the media that you consume that you probably missed, or to further strengthen your opinions uh, should they coincide with the reviewer's opinions. And if you happen to disagree, then it's fine. You can rethink, you can probably revisit the media that you've consumed, or you decide that, okay, let's agree to disagree. So it's all right to watch or listen to reviews. I do it myself all the time. Personally, I don't mind watching a review even before listening to the particular piece of media, be it a record or a movie or like a series, an episode, an anime. I don't mind watching the movies, even though I acknowledge that they probably build subconscious expectations in my mind. But if, if to you that watching reviews before actually consuming the media is detrimental to your personal uh, consuming experience, then it's all right. It's all right. Just consume it first and then you can watch a review. Um, but if again, if personally you don't like reviews at all, um, don't let it be a, don't let it be something that is damaging to your personal experience and enjoyment of works. So that fifth point is really an optional. That's why I said it's all right to watch or listen to reviews. I'm not asking you to watch them. I'm not asking you not to watch them. I'm saying that if the opportunity presents itself. If a video is recommended on your feed, if if while browsing an article interests you and it's a review of something, it's really all right to to read those reviews, to have yourself, you know, to have your ideas clashing with the person's ideas, to sort of get that subconscious expectations of what something is. There is no shame in browsing for certain albums or certain works through top 10 lists. I think it's all right. It helps people who are new to the whole community rather get their footing to to dive into deeper like filmographies or discographies. It helps. Um, and if to you it's not helpful, maybe to other people it is. My sixth point is that enjoyability does not equal to uniqueness and it is not equal to quality different does not mean good and consistency does not mean it's good either Um, don't feel pressured into liking something just because it's unique and don't feel pressured to call something unique just because um it, it goes out of the way to break conventions and do it poorly. And don't let quality or uniqueness mess with your idea of what you enjoy. I sort of dislike the term guilty pleasure, even though I do acknowledge that there are some things that are probably objectively lackluster that I do enjoy. I would... I would put the Transformers trilogy, the original one with Shia LaBeouf as one of my guilty pleasures. Um, They are awful in storytelling most of the time, Um, a bit poor in the character character department, but but the action I I sort of love. People um, criticize the overuse of explosions, 
but I guess watching it as a child, the explosions further adds to the experience. So here's something that I enjoy that may not be like fully something of a high quality. And quality really is a subjective term because um, it's very possible for something to to be like recorded or produced on a deliberate low quality aesthetic. In music, it's that lo-fi aesthetic. In, in film, perhaps it's something like the Blair Witch Project. Where, where it's that handheld, uh, shaky, sort of personal camera aesthetic that makes it really the immersive filming, uh, the immersive movie experience it was. Something like the Paranormal Activities um, sort of CCTV angle of room recording. Um, so it's really, it's, it's really tough to, to mention quality. However, it's possible to... To, to not enjoy something of uh, of of a lot of hype that seemingly has uh, like this super high quality. I might be a contrarian for this, but Joy Division's Unknown Pleasure is one example for me. I could not get into it. I might have to re-listen it. I'm planning on re-listening to it in these next few days, but I couldn't get into it. It was critically acclaimed and loved by so many people. And I don't find myself enjoying it as much as I thought I would. I don't find myself connecting with it, sympathizing with its lyrics. Not so much quite yet. I might soon, but not quite yet. And um, on the on the flip side, I, I often find myself enjoying things of mediocre quality that are that sort of acknowledge themselves to be of mediocre qualities. I'm talking about um, probably Magnamarco. Um, his two albums is good, but his Saladay's album was like, meh. It was it was it was okay. And um, what uh, another point in uniqueness not being definitely you know not necessarily meaning quality or enjoyability is Popote Pipiku. Uh, am, am I pronouncing it right? A pop team epic, I guess is the safe way of mentioning it. It's it's an an anime that aired quite a few years ago and. Um, it was different, and it had its aesthetic choices and its uh, specialized like gag humor, and it was okay. But it it wasn't particularly as good as it is uh, presented to be by a lot of people in the community. So, make the distinction between the things that you enjoy, the things that you identify to be unique within its um, genre or within its overall a frame of, of media and what counts as something of high quality or good quality or something of critical acclaim. And once you divide these three things, it will be much easier for you to form your opinion without imposing this sort of totalitarian mindset about yourself. You can find an album to be different and discover that you don't enjoy it you can find an album to be of high production quality, something that you appreciate. It can have compositional choices that you like and appreciate, vocal works that you like and appreciate, but overall find that it drags on too long and that you don't enjoy it. On the flip side, you can completely enjoy something that other people just shit on. It's fine, and if you have enough confidence in yourself and you stand by your opinion, then there's no problem in it. 
you can enjoy something that people hate you can dislike something that people don't like when you find something unique you can either like it or not if the uniqueness adds to the overall experience and you think that it's something worth your attention and you find it you enjoy it it's good this is one of the key points in and finding and developing and forming your own opinion because once you make these three distinctions then you don't have to drag the other two every time you make an opinion with one again again i need to repeat this point because it's pretty important you know enjoyability uniqueness and quality um just because you have positive uh, positive overviews on one doesn't mean that that positivity needs to spread um on the other two factors my seventh point is to write it down or say it um i do realize that it's a bit hypocritical because i don't i've i haven't made a personalized like album per album or movie per movie episode of a podcast and it's not on my it's not on my plan it's not on my mind right now but when you do like something i do recommend taking the time to talk about it or or write about it or whatever uh, whatever it comforts you even if it's just a simple conversation with your family or with your friends at the very least you can have a a discourse or a discussion with something you should like you can have forums and and stuff online um in this globalized world there really is no limit so at the very least give it a second thought give a second thought to the things that you like because you won't regret it it will help you form your own opinion if if you're not comfortable with with fully having these thoughts in your head just swirling about if you put it down in writing or if you talk about it to people it will help you the sort of like how in a conversation you know i i like this album oh really you do how so ah that gets you thinking why do you like it that gets you thinking stuff like that is important and i recommend you within your circle of friends to spend more time to talk about the things you like and it's not being pretentious it's just enriching the conversation beyond of you know have you seen this it's good yeah it's good it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good i expect i especially like the part where it's like really cool you know trying to go beyond that would be helpful to you and it's a real life practice of articulating your thoughts which i think is a is an underrated skill set that people will need um my eighth and final recommendation is very similar to the um to the the fifth point about reviews um my eighth point is informing your own opinion and in your process of learning to do it refer to things of universal acclaim to recalibrate your thoughts and your perspective now i'm not asking you to like each and every so-called masterpiece um that people universally love because somewhere along the way you'll find some things that you just don't fit with as i've made my point with joy division's unknown pleasures but it's fine to sort of seek things that people admit to be the the best of their genre or the best of their style the best of their um of their particular approach to said forms of of media or art 
because it helps you recalibrate. Remember when I said acknowledge your biases and background? I'm not asking you to, to fully embrace it and keep it that way. The whole point is to branch out and explore. It would be unfortunate for someone who acknowledges his or her biases, perhaps favoring only jazz music, to remain that way after, you know, years and years to come. Uh, the whole thing about forming your opinion is to encourage you to experiment. And in experimenting, you're sometimes lost. You might not have people who are as knowledgeable about the genre that you want to experiment with. So it's it's okay to look for things of universal acclaim. Because once you go from the most beloved things and start going deeper and deeper, it will help you recalibrate. It will help you sort of, um, it will help your mind, um, it will help your mind reset and reconsider its boundaries of what is good and what is bad. It will help you open up your mind more to, to works that people everywhere love that you perhaps could not get into or you had no idea about. My experience with jazz is that I didn't have a community surrounding me to help me um, figure out what to listen to. So I went online and I searched for the albums that people love most. And I, you know, that might seem pretentious to some, but it's really, you don't have a lot of choices when you want to get into a genre that you haven't paid attention to before and you have nowhere to go. And a lot of those forums, a lot of those articles, a lot of those videos, they've helped me to become the fan I am today. Um, rock music and metal music, definitely. I grew up not liking them. And um, I first thought it would be too abrasive for me. Um, and I had to get to an entry point that people would think is lame, which is new metal. You know, Linkin Park, Slipknot. Um, and then all those things in that edgy 2000s genre, but they were an entry point to a much larger world of music, and I'm grateful for their involvement in that. So, if you're looking for, like, entryways into a genre, then it's best not to look at its more niche works, but to go ahead and straight and, and go straight to the top, the, the, the umbrella works that that are most reflective of the genre in its most basic form. So, for example, for jazz, you would like to get into, you know, Dave Rubeck's Time Out or Miles Davis' Kind of Blue because they are the most accessible and yet they are critically acclaimed due to their um, intrinsic qualities as well. Um, you know, for, for rock music, it's okay to go basic and, and go ahead and explore the Beatles or Zeppelin firsthand because then after, a after your brain gets accustomed to it, after your brain recalibrates what is um, an aesthetically pleasing experience or what is a piece of media that contains things to appreciate, once, you're, once your mind begins to have this new footing, you can further explore deeper and deeper into the genre. And um, I'm, I'm going to close this off with suggesting that we take a look into 
pop music of universal acclaim. Now, when you've just started out trying to explore more obscure, more diverse music, there will be that part of you that constantly wishes to hate on popular music because now you're different. Now you're cool. Now you can can explore music that fewer people know. And I'm not going to deny that a lot of the popular music out on the radio is bad. But that's the way it's always been because music that appeals to the lowest common denominator would always have to sacrifice some uh, some of its uh, some of its dignity. <laughs> but that doesn't take away from the fact that a lot of pop and even the ones mass produced, you know, for the masses, possesses quality within them. And these things um, are good entry points because often the best pop records are ones that borrow from other genres. Uh, they usually have, you know, jazz, rock, electronic influences, and they could be a good entry point to a genre that you've always wanted to explore but couldn't. So here are my eight steps. I'm going to repeat it for you. I'm going to repeat it for the record. One, acknowledge your biases and your background. Two, reflect back on the music you've liked and disliked. Step three, identify the things within those... Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, step step two, reflect back on the on the pieces of media or art that you've liked and disliked. Step three, identify things within that make you dislike or like something. Step four, use those as a guideline to help you, but not as a stiff scoring criteria. Five, it's alright to watch or listen to reviews. Six, enjoyability does not equal to uniqueness and it does not equal to quality. Step 7. Write it down, or say it, or talk about it. Step 8. Refer to things of universal acclaim to recalibrate. I hope this has been a helpful episode, and I hope that to all of you listening to this, you can revisit things that you like, you can re-explore things that you've put off, and look at it with a new perspective and a new level of self-awareness. This has been Nathan from An Evening with Nate. Thank you very much.